Hey, everybody. I'm entertainment journalist Drew Taylor. And I'm filmmaker Charles Hood. And we host Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast. But right now, we're about to launch our first ever universe-expanding miniseries. That's right. Get ready for Light the Fuse presents The Directors. We'll speak to filmmakers who have made iconic Paramount movies and get them to open up in a way that only we can. That's right. Listen to Light the Fuse presents The Directors wherever you get your podcasts. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's so hard to get motivated to do that. <laughs> it has been. It really has. Somehow I just found my mojo again. So it's fun. Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I envy that. I've got a pile of things. I'm like, yeah, I'll go spec that out. And it's like, oh, God damn it. Like, if I have that time, the idea of you not. You can't. We have no time. You're doing a podcast. Well, yeah. Well, this is, is, <laughs> but, the, but that's the thing. You know, this is my only. You have, you have that other job. So that, that helps. But it's like, it's, it's, it's all. So, so, you know, full time writing becomes, most of it becomes, you know, procrastinating, finding ways to procrastinate. And if I don't have to be writing, I kind of like am happy not writing. Smoking <laughs> like a true writer. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Somebody once said, yeah, you're not a writer until you have exactly. Uh, or at least 1,000 excuses to not be writing. <laughs> this podcast, one of them. Um, how are we uh, up and running? Excellent. This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. I'm, I'm really thrilled to have our guest here. I was at a screening uh, many years back at the American Cinematheque of a new film. I think it had just come out in England, hadn't been released here yet, um, which to this day, I'm, I'm so frustrated. I think it only got a, a video release over here. But I saw Dog Soldiers at the Egyptian Theater with a packed house, and it played like aliens the first time. I mean, it was amazing. The audience went nuts. We all walked out going, holy shit. And I remember, I think, talking to somebody who was involved. I think one of the producers was there. And I was like, is, when's, when's this coming out? He's like, oh, it's coming out on video in a couple of weeks. I was like, what do you mean on video? Why is this, this is an incredible film? And and then the next I heard of the filmmaker was, um, I don't mean you, Joe. I mean, like, it's it's see so many horror films. And at a certain point, you just become kind of numb. It's like, yeah, sure, you can show me a lot of gore and so forth. But... I had not been genuinely scared by a movie in many years, and then I saw The Descent, and that movie freaked me out. Um, amazing film, and and he's gone on to direct many, many others, and and some of the greatest episodes of um, a TV show I had to look it up called Game of Thrones, which I've never heard of. Um, but uh, we're very, very thrilled to have uh, Neil Marshall with us. Um, thank you, Neil, for coming. Very, very thrilled to be here. Uh, and you're uh, you're here. Um, one of the things we like to do, especially when you have somebody who's associated with a, a specific genre, and you have spent a lot of time in horror, 
uh, I would say. Yeah, is, drenched in blood and guts, for sure. We like to take them out of that genre because obviously, obviously no man is an island. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not here to talk about your favorite musicals or romantic comedies, which is a shame, but um, at least you're here. You're going to tell us about your favorite westerns. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Though I, 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 I could have done musicals, maybe. I am a musical fan, but um, no, westerns. Well, you can come um, back. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I guess Westerns is out of my obvious comfort zone, but actually is is rooted in my core. Yeah, my love of Westerns, absolutely. Well, well it's, it's easier it's easier to be out of your comfort zone when they don't let you make Westerns. And then there's that. There's <laughs> that. Yes. There's that. Yeah. Oh no, I've I've said like if I could live in a perfect universe, I would write one film noir and one Western a year, and I would just be the happiest guy alive. Oh, well, you're just yeah, about you're uh, thirty years too late. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and nobody makes either of those. Yeah. I did get to dip my foot into the into the pond, so to speak, uh, when I directed an episode of Westworld. Mm. So it was like part western. Sure, yeah, you know? yeah, um, very, that's right. And I, you know, I got to do a couple of shootouts and things like that, which was a real treat. That had to be, yeah. yeah. I mean, did, did you did it feel different? Were you like, yeah, well, we, we were, you know we were shooting up at Santa Clarita on the old western street there, and you know that goes back way back. Um, so it was like nice to be a part of that incredible Hollywood history. Yeah, um, but yeah, just. You know, getting the Stetsons and the six shooters out and Fantastic. let rip was was the dream. <laughs> Absolutely, I can imagine. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, do you want to just dive in with your uh, with your stuff? Um, I keep asking people uh, my list. Yes, you know. Okay, maybe well, first, I mean, obviously, like it's it's really really difficult to, to narrow you know, so many westerns. There are. Uh, to choose from and try and narrow it down to ten was well, and the, the penalty for getting very it wrong are severe too. So you have to yeah. be very careful about that. Okay, well I'll start with uh, uh, the the first one. I guess maybe it's the most screamingly obvious, um, the Wild Bunch. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I've currently that. being remade. It's always currently being remade. <laughs> is it currently shooting? Is the question. Well, uh, the last I heard was Mel Gibson is attached to do the right hand direction. The latest one. Yeah. Okay. Right. Is, is it, it still is it, Will is it Smith? A, and is it still about the cocaine industry in the I 80s don't believe or so. something? I, <laughs> I don't believe so. But I don't know. Uh, Mel's an extraordinary director. So I, 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 I feel like it's at least in good hands. It's, I actually feel better about that than any iteration I've heard. If it has so to far. happen at all. Exactly. Yeah. So, why? Yeah. Yes. It's yes. not going it, to. I mean, it's so far apart. It's so different. Why? You know, there is the argument why bother, but if you're going to bother, at least let Mel do it, and it's not going to be anything like the first one. Yeah. And it's not going to erase the first one in any kind yeah. of way. But yeah. But I mean, it will be violent. I think, uh, I, I, you know, I, can't remember. I first saw it on television in the UK. I, I was obviously. Oh, my God, that must have been a short version. <laughs> it's a short version with probably with no, uh, ad breaks and all sorts well, of. But they don't edit stuff on, on UK TV. Uh, they used to. Oh, okay. Oh, they, God, used to, they, yeah. they used to in the theaters. Well, no. When, when I, I, saw the, I when I saw the hunting party uh-huh. in, in in the UK in 1971, um, which is an Oliver Reed, Gene Hackman, Candy Bergen western. Yeah. Uh, oh, and it's big a very violent movie. Yeah. Uh, every shot in which anybody got shot was cut out. Yeah. Because the movie ends with her getting. Uh, okay. And, and I, when I say cut out, I mean, <laughs> I mean just cut out of the print. Because I I lived and there. All, this was this was common. I mean, people went to the movies in Britain at that right. point. And they would watch movies that were truncated by as many as five, ten minutes. Oh, you mean in theaters? In theaters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because when I, when I was there in the late, it was 1979, I did a year of, of school there. Um, what always astonished me is that, you know, the most bland American film was rated X. 
And they would also show full frontal nudity on TV at 8.15 at night. So my, my experience was different. Like nothing was cut on TV, but they would uh, make it. I don't, I don't know if it's changed so much now, but I mean, because I, I can't think I've ever seen a cut film for years, but because I think it used to be the BBFC used to be the British Board of Film Censorship. Yeah. yeah. And now it's the British Board of Film Classification, I think uh, it is. Uh, but yeah, it used to, it did, was censorship. So if they, you know, people would be made to cut films to get a release for whatever to earn the certificate. Another thing I used to cut. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, Horse Falls. Yeah. But, um, but so yeah, wait, did you see it in black and white too? Was it that long ago? Or? No, it wasn't. Thankfully, oh, okay. it wasn't that long ago. And it was it was by the time I had my my VHS recorder, so I ah. you know, I taped it and so I could watch it many many times, um, and just rewind and watch the shootout several yeah. <laughs> again, yes. again, 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 again. And I think it was a time when I was uh, at film school, and and it kind of taught me everything there was to to learn about editing, uh, not just that shootout, but the whole movie itself. Um, you know, I think I, I fell in love with it initially because of that, but so much more since then with the obviously the writing, the characters, the acting, yeah. you know, everything. And then learning reading more about it of, you know, back and pause lunacy throughout the whole process and um, you know, out of madness comes genius, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I I love I remember I the first time I saw it all the way through uncut was during a, it was quite a while ago. They showed it at the uh Cinerama Dome in the Late eighties, um, was there, a, there was a restoration or something. Right? Well, I saw it in the in nineteen sixty nine in the Bahamas, uh, where the Warner Brothers had a junket, uh-huh. and uh, I was from my little perch at Film Bulletin, this tiny little film magazine, trade magazine in Philadelphia. I managed to wangle an invitation to the Bahamas to see this w- week of new movies from Warner Brothers, all of which flopped, uh, but one but one of them was The Wild Bunch, and. It was the long, long version. Mm. It was 152 minutes. And um, there was a mass exodus from the, the theater during the, uh, I, I, the first shootout, I think. And um, it was led by Yoel Brenner and Danny Kaye and uh, wow. all these people who were there for the Mad Woman of Shio. <laughs> uh, and the, and the, it was extremely controversial. And there was a, a press conference where, you know, William Holden and Sam and everybody are there, and uh, and they're asking about the violence, and and uh, Sam just said, I, I just call them as I see them. I mean, this is this is this is the way that this is the way I see it, and uh, and maybe the pendulum will swing back, and things won't be as violent. But this is right now what I have to say. And of course, it was a Vietnam metaphor and all mm-hmm. that, and and um, it was powerful. It was a powerful film, but it didn't make money yeah. uh, when it opened. It just did not. People didn't go. And it had a good campaign, uh, but it just wasn't. And they didn't want to see Once Upon a Time in the West that year either. Yeah, they, they, they just didn't want to go see those pictures. And uh, and so as a result, it was cut and shortened and all that kind of stuff. And then only recently has a, the pieces been put did it, the flashbacks. Did it perform at all like overseas? Is one of these films that like might have done well in Europe or France? I think it or? did. I think <laughs> it did well in France as Once Upon a Time in the West played for months and months and months in Paris. Uh, but uh, in America, they weren't buying. That kind of picture at that time, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, which is kind of what the whole picture is about, anyway. Is the, the the death of the West and yeah. the death of the yeah. Western. So, wow. Um, yeah, I just I remember seeing it at the dome and just uh, I'd only been out here a couple of years. It had, I think it was the first time I saw it at the dome, which was an amazing experience in itself. And uh, um, I remember a guy sitting in front of me who was just rock still during the entire film, but the scene where the 
prostitute shoots William Holden. He turns around and he goes, ah, bitch, and shoots her. It was the one moment where this guy stands up and goes, yeah. And I thought, that's someone I don't ever want to know. <laughs> <laughs> He's working out some issues here. I, I have seen, I've since tracked it down. I, I think maybe when they did a more recent restoration or something like that, and it played theatrically. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember where I saw it. Possibly at the Egyptian, actually. Um, I make a point of trying to track down some of my favorite films when they play theatrically that I've never seen in on the, the big theater. screen yeah. before. Yeah, it makes, yeah. It makes a difference. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, do, yeah I did yeah. finally see it in its uncut, you know, full length. Well, that's an amazing On the big screen. The where that, just that shot of them walking down the street and the crowd goes apeshit. And it's just, yeah, guys walking. It's incredible. And you just, you don't quite get that watching. And it, it, it does have, it does have, the, I think, what is possibly the best directed by credit moment. Mm. <laughs> if they move, kill them, yes. freeze frame, directed <laughs> by, by something. Well, it's like, oh, yeah. that's the kind of thing you dream of. I, that <laughs> that and, and actually, and I stole it and infested, I realized, I think consciously, I'm not sure, but um, John Waters' credit in Serial Mom, which is a fly on a glass and she swats it and then he pulls the thing back and it says written and directed by John Waters over the squashed fly. And <laughs> that, that and Wild Bunch, I'm not even joking, I think are the greatest director. That is, that is pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a, uh, I didn't realize, I, 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 it had cultural impact though, did it not, John? No, it did didn't know it No, people talked about it. I mean, it, it felt serious film people, obviously, you know, it was a major event. Yeah. But in terms of the studio, that they just sunk all this money into. Yeah. And then that was one of the reasons that his later, the, the Ballad of Cable Hogue, I think, was already already shot. Right. And they just dumped it. Because oh. they figured, this is fucking money. And nobody's going to see his pictures. And did it make money over time? Because obviously things were less dependent on the opening weekend then. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I don't know what the budget was, but I can't imagine it was too cheap. No. No. I, I just watched uh, Long Riders again, which I, I quite love, of course. And, um, I always forget. I mean, just that that love letter to to Sam's style in it. But but Walter adds that that additional thing of the slow motion sounds of the yeah. bullets, which is <laughs> it's like how do you top Sam Peckinpah? And he actually does with it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the, the bullets coming <laughs> in <laughs> and the the sound of the horses in slow mo. Yeah, they make yeah. They twist the sound of the horses. And you're watching. You're like, why didn't he think? It's almost like the first time you see zombies running. It's like, oh, that seems obvious. You know, it's it's <laughs> yeah. The sound they too. used to lumber. Zombies yeah. lumbered. That was what they did. But <laughs> uh, yeah, next up uh, is in a way it's it's a it's a similar kind of film, but very very different in, in its own ways. The professionals. Oh sure, yeah. That's a yes, yeah, yeah. That always feels almost like a peck and pop film. Almost, uh, uh, Richard Brooks, very different sort of tonally, and his dialogue is just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but as a you know, a, a bunch of uh, mercenaries in a way heading south of the border and you know, kicking up a storm, and and um, and, out and of, they're looking to get back Body uh, Cardinal. Yeah, yeah. I'd go south of the board. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but all of them, all of them, kind of trying to recapture a certain something and trying to get back to who they, you know, it's got that sort of men out of time thing. That it does. I mean, they're, they're all they're all very um, manly movies. Yeah, it's got a great cast, and and uh, and and the the ending with Ralph Bellamy is really terrific. I mean, yeah, it's, no, it's it's, it's picture has such a great ending. It's yeah, such a Be- beautiful last line. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's so much I love about this film. The score's great. The casting's great. Marvin and Lancaster, what a great double act. Oh. Um, and then Woody Strode and Ryan as well. I mean, it's just, um, 
and a coin you know obviously Tarantino loves it because you know coined the, the let's go to work yes uh, phrase came yes. from that yes among many other things and I, I think it came out at a very similar time to Wild Bunch as well and it has these odd kind of cultural references when like Bert Lancaster turns around to somebody and says peace brother and it feels <laughs> like right. it's yeah. like okay that I wasn't seeing that you wouldn't see that in a John Ford movie. Yeah, yeah. Which I, yeah, it's, I don't know why I just thought that, you know, it's not as anachronistic as uh, Donald Sutherland and Kelly's Heroes. I guess. No, nothing. No, is like, nothing, no, nothing, <laughs> nothing could be. I, yeah, I completely forgot that line. That's very, that's very of its time and not, uh, yeah. But all those films, yeah, they're just sort of dripping with a kind of, um, I don't know, I testosterone. Macho, yeah, macho. Yeah, toxic masculinity, we call and it now. Sweat and dirt. A lot of, a lot of sweat and dust. Yeah. That's the thing I miss, you know? I was trying to think, like, what's the difference? Because there are certainly, you know, God knows the rock is, you know, you can't fault his sort of, you know, explosive masculinity. But all those guys, they're all so clean in, in movies today, I feel like. I don't, I miss dust. I miss dirt. I miss well, but, you know, Butch Cassidy, they were pretty clean. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's certain kinds of movies where yeah. it's gritty and there's certain kinds of movies where it's romanticized. Yeah. And in Pack and Bob movies, there's a lot of sweat. Well, I, in I Leone am... movies, there's a lot of sweat. And usually it's because the people were sweating. People were but sweating, think, <laughs> exactly. But you also notice that, you know, in the age of HD and Blu-ray and stuff like that, the sweat is way more apparent now than it ever used to be. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see the beads of sweat that you couldn't see before. Yeah. Um, Bless so HD. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it <laughs> even the sweatier. See the wires. But I'm seeing you know, it's in just another re- Oh, well, we, we won't talk about Butch and Sundance. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, that's, that's not a church I worship at. No, I don't either. That's oh. my, my whole point. I, I, I was never a fan of Butch Cassidy. I oh. and, and, and I, what, what, well, we've heard his whole list yet. Well, we what, I don't know if what, 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 Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling I, I could not survive the song. Once the song came on, I, I gave up. <laughs> I just... Is and, it, is and it, it really and it was so influential. Oh, fantastic. Wonderful. We've... Um, it is, yeah. And it was so influential because yeah. there's a whole bunch of other pictures that have similar... Song interludes, yeah, you know, uh, and all based on that one. On that one, really bad song. I don't mind that. Song. <laughs> well, sing song. I don't know if that's kindergarten. I don't know. Should we bash it? Then let Neil tell why he well, loves no, it. No, no, you're There's way more of you than us, and we are. I get it. That, <laughs> I hadn't even when I picked it. I hadn't. I wasn't even thinking about the song. Uh-huh. Uh But now that you mention it, it's like, oh yeah, okay. This song is kind of irritating. And <laughs> I don't know if it's. More or less irritating the 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 that music that's the yep. is it Bert Bacharach or something or whatever it is but it's, yeah. it's like seems so tonally out of place <laughs> in that movie but what I love about it is the dialogue yes is the the whole chase you know the who are those guys yeah. chase yep. element yep. which is kind of the central portion of the film yeah um, and massively inspirational for Centurion as well. Oh, sure. Um, so the pursuit across the line. Well, I got to say, I mean, we've talked a lot. You know, there's films. I come to the school of, you know, a lot of movies don't work for me. I don't dismiss them. And some of them I go back, keep trying. I just did this with, with Blow Up at, at Joe's insistence. And like the ninth time I saw Blow Out, I went, holy shit, it's a masterpiece. And I've never. Blow Up. Blow Up. Blow Up. Blow Up. Blow yeah, Out. There is a difference. Fucking amazing. Blow Out is a perfect movie. Uh, that's but, exactly not true. 
but 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 <laughs> it's Brian De Palma's movie. But no, but Butch Cassidy, I just realized the movie. It doesn't. It's, it falls completely apart at the end. It's the greatest <laughs> thing about it. Uh, so so um, so we've never fought on this show. We've we've had disputes. Don't touch never. it. <laughs> but I just realized you're talking. Butch Cassidy is the. I, I can't think of another film where it's like. I've watched it over and over and again, loving it. And then one day it just really hit me. It's like, I don't love this fucking movie. I lo- There's amazing scenes. Everything you're saying, I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. But s- at a certain point, it just hit me. There's just, there's nothing happening here. I don't know why. Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, obviously like one of the first books I read about the industry and, oh, and so, so it was yes. Adventures in the Screen Trade. Of course, yeah. And got me into writing and such like, and obviously like William Goldman, a massive impact on me at that stage. Yeah. And he, you know, he he tells several stories and quotes and all that kind of stuff from Butch Cassidy in that book. So I guess that that tied it all in. There was like part of my love for the film was through that book, um, and uh, and then getting into buddy movies and stuff in in the eighties and looking back and seeing okay there was these like yeah. prototype buddy movies then, which I'm sure you'll tell me are are not even <laughs> the beginning of buddy movies. Oh well, uh, they've been going on for countless years before that. The, the, oh, actually, the, the classic buddy movie, but. Well, when did well, buddy movies really start? Open I mean, if you could He's say, say like Laurel and Hardy, I would. I would. Yeah. I, I, but you could say Laurel and Hardy also. Okay. I mean, it, that that. But they're not necessarily known for their. No, that's well, a, it, it's a, are, a team. Uh, you know, it, it's the teamwork movie. It's the two yeah. guys who go and do stuff together. Yeah. You know? and, okay. and, but Hope the non. When does it stop becoming? How do you say this? Like, when does it start becoming Butch and Sundance and stop being Hope and Crosby? When it becomes precious. But when did it start? You know what I'm saying? What was the film that took Hope and Crosby and put them into something other than a straight-up comedy, I guess, would be the... I don't know. Yeah, that's Stunk question. the band. <laughs> <laughs> I get what... Yes, I, I'm with... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I can't... And I'm going through it, and I'm like, I, why? I really do. I have, I have, I have aggressive issues with, like, I want to punch Butch Cassidy in the face. I'm trying to think why. Because on a scene-by-scene basis, it's... Well, it, it's like, it doesn't have Can much action in it. Yeah. You know, it's like no, it's just, known for having what's it like three minutes worth of actual traditional Western yeah. action in the movie. I think yeah. it's probably more than that. The shootout at the end feels more than three minutes, yeah. but um, but it is mainly a, it's it's talking. It's just the chat between them and the banter between them is like what sustains yeah. it. No, it's, they're, and they're great. You can watch them do anything. I just I guess for me it's like I, I and partially it's seeing the sting and seeing those same two guys in a movie that does have a beginning and a middle and end that all kind of flow in a satisfying well. Oh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, one thing about it is it doesn't conform to like an obvious structure. Yeah. Which again, I, I, I never really questioned, but I don't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually Just rethinking music, my, I don't know, maybe I have to, nah, I'm not going to watch it. Fuck that movie. But <laughs> no, I think I need this. I don't mind the song. The song doesn't bother me. I hate the song. I mean, you just, you can fast forward to the song. That's easily removed. It's just ridiculous. But there's just something. They're just so glib. There. They're so glib through everything. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm rethinking. Well, I'm glad we got that one over with. Yeah. <laughs> Sooner rather than later. Just don't mention internal put, affairs I, and we'll be fine. I didn't put these in any order. I just... Uh, Actually, physically. I had a list of about 50 and narrowed it down. <laughs> and this is just the order that they came out in. Uh, the next one is Rio Bravo. Oh, my God. I hate that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> you know, the first reel of that picture is practically a silent movie. Mm-hmm. I was torn as well as like which John Wayne movies to put on there. So I'm a huge John Wayne fan. 
Uh, and I was thinking about, you know, she wore a yellow ribbon and Hondo and all these other kind of things. But I kind of narrowed it down to uh, there's two on the list and real Bravo being the first one. But because um, we're, we're recording this, what is it, like two days after that old Playboy interview of his has resurfaced? For no good reason. For no good reason. And, and, and sort of it was it was bizarre to go on social media and see John Wayne trending the other day. But I guess sort of a whole, a whole new generation is realizing that John Wayne the man was kind of a, 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 a fuckwit, I guess is the word. It's like, yeah, sure. Okay. I think he, all, when he did movies. that interview, he also had that was in his cups. Ah, oh, was he? I think so, yeah. Is this, is this, you know, I know, I know that obviously, you know, it's the one celebs where he talks about how we shouldn't, they have, said we shouldn't have taken years ago. Is it now they're being punished for things they said years ago, even though they're dead? Yes. Even though they're dead, yeah. Like, exactly. So, <laughs> well, so how is it news that John Wayne was a right wing racist jackass? It's like, yeah, we knew yeah. that. But I think, we, I think we love them anyway. We love yeah. the movies. But <laughs> well, that's it. So you've got to separate the man from the, from the, the actor or from the myth or from the characters he plays on screen. Yes. Like, I have no idea who he was, what he was like, what his politics were. Yeah. I'm aware of he was right wing, blah, 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 blah. He lit up a camera. Don't care. Yeah. On screen, yeah. he was a movie star, and I love the characters he plays on screen, and well, in Rio Bravo, you know, it's just one of the, one of the greats, and one of the great Siege movies, because I love Siege movies. Yeah. And I know that, you know, because obviously Dog Soldiers is a Siege movie and heavily inspired by a combination of this and Assault on Precinct 13, which in sure. turn was which is its own inspired Western, by not this. Western, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, which Carpenter says is inspired by Rio Bravo. I can see somebody someday seeing, you know, Assault on Precinct 13 and Dog Soldiers and going, you know what would be cool is do a movie like this in the Old West. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what goes around comes around. Um, but yeah, no, it's a wonderful, I, I, yeah, I love John Wayne movies. Great. Uh, I mean, you know, the idea of putting in a, a, a I guess what they call it, a pop star or a rock star or whatever. Well, they hit all the bases. And it could have backfired horribly. It actually works works nicely. It works very well. And the song interludes are terrific. Oh, it's a better song. (laughs) Excuse me. Is it right? I complete aggression. My rifle, my pony, and me is not a better song than raindrops drops falling on my head. <laughs> I, it's a western. I, Why the fuck are raindrops falling on my head? It's a western. It's a, a rifle, it's still a pony, a good that's a western. Song. Still one of the most surreal moments of my life because I, I saw Elvis Costello as a kid on his first tour when he was the angry punk and then I remember finding myself at the Universal Amphitheater decades later as Elvis and Burt Bacharach did raindrops keep falling on my head together. And I'm just going, whoever would have imagined this? I thought you were going to say Elvis Costello sang my rifle, my pony and me. Ah, oh, <laughs> that, that would be, you should have gotten Burt to do the blob. <laughs> One of Burt's, Burt's greatest moment. <laughs> I, he's a lovely song. I, I like this song. I like it just blob. doesn't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> It creeps. Do you, any, do you have any westerns that don't have pop songs in them? I, guess I would sincerely <laughs> hope so. Um, oh, okay, High so Noon. There's a nice song in there. Yeah. I don't think there's any singing in the next one, which is uh, Open Range. Oh, sure. Yeah, that gunfight. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Costner, obviously, if you say Costner Western, everybody goes, oh, Dance with the Wolves. Nah. But actually, I thought Open Range was just... Beautifully yeah, a made. A little less pretentious. Yeah. Yeah, less obvious. Actually, very kind of low-key in a lot of respects. Yeah. But... Um, well, it's very old school, too. Yeah. Duval, his performance in it is just beautiful. Um, it's kind of got a surreal... I remember the, the opening of it is all, like, green meadows and flowers and has this really odd typeface that looks like it's from a Jane Austen movie. Um, 
it's it's all like classical writing. It's like, uh. okay, I thought that was weird. <laughs> uh, but the rest of the film more than made up for it. And uh, as you say, it delivers one of, one of, one of the great shootouts at the end. That shoot, I feel like that shootout goes on forever, too. It goes on for quite a bit, but it's, it's also got like interesting moments. I love the, the, the stuff in the rain at night with yeah. the street flooding. Uh, when they rescued the dog and stuff like that was like just unusual stuff to see in a western. Yeah. Um, but yeah, beautifully done. Yeah, I it just run away. I mean, I don't if, if it's on your list or maybe it's good. Appaloosa. Yes, um, when, it's not on my list. Oh, okay, but, no, yeah. I just it's only when I think of like really long shootouts, I also then flash to that one, which has not only that incredibly quick shootout, but the great line that was fast. And then Ed Harris says, well, yeah, everyone knew how to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. But yeah, I remember kind of enjoying open range. And then it got to that. And I just remember just being so boggled by the, the uh, it's such an effective and powerful gunfight at the end. It, yeah. It just it almost takes the movie to another Well, way. it takes a long time setting up Costner's character as being like, he's got a history. He's going for, you know, he's a bomb waiting to go off. And then it's like at the end of the movie, finally he kind of goes off and it's like, yeah. it's great. Yeah. I mean, it, um, it's very rewarding viewing. Yes. And the villains are despicable as they should be. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They've got it coming. <laughs> um, Outlaw Josie Wales. Oh, that one. <laughs> What can you say about it? Yes. Yeah, sure, well, again, course. it's like one of those things. It's, uh, you know, you say Clint Eastwood West and everybody jumps to Unforgiven, which is masterpiece. Great. Love it. Yep. But I think Outlaw Josie Wells is the better movie. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, now we might uh, have a small dispute. Uh, un- un- but Unforgiven, really, yeah. Unforgiven is a little Scott. colder than yeah. Josie yeah. Wells. Uh, but they both kind of. Can we hit a nerve again? No, 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 no. I'll have, you know, come on. It's it's like, you know, we're discussing the faces of God, which one is more attractive. I mean, it's, it's, um, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, Unforgiven's colder. Both of them sort of upend their genre a little bit. The thing I love about Josie Wales is he's so intent on being the the dark loner, the dark Avenger, and he just keeps building this ridiculous family around him. You know, these are these wonderful characters. And yeah, but well, it ends up with a siege situation as well in the final yes, house. yes, it does. Yeah, that great speech. Yeah, God, get mean. <laughs> um, no, I, I must slap iron to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out and slap iron. Um, no, it's a phenomenal film. Was it uh, uh, Philip Kaufman? Mm-hmm. Didn't he replace somebody? Oh no, Clint replaced Philip Kaufman. Clint, that's right. And didn't Kaufman like wrote the script? Or I think so. Yeah. I'm sure, he's credited. Yeah. But, yeah, but Clint gets the credit, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think uh, he, he came off it pretty quickly. But um, yeah, where, where where did you see that first? I think you know, well. Open range, I saw in the cinema for sure. Um, mo- obviously, a lot of these um, I saw on TV for the first time or on you know video or um, definitely video. I, I never left them long enough for, to be DVDs or Blu-rays. But um, yeah, I, I, and I always, try, whenever possible, try and track them down theatrically if, if you see one, just to see a Western on the big screen. Yeah, Westerns like, work great on the big screen. They yeah. do. I, I literally I can't remember. It's like Josie Wales or those things that I've seen so many times in so many ways. I have no idea. I don't remember my life before I had seen it, and I have no idea where I first saw it. But yeah, exactly. I mean, well, so many of these movies are things that, you know, if they're on, I'll watch them, and I've seen yeah. them countless times. That they just become part of your life. It's yeah, part of the texture of your life. These these kind of movies. I just remember. I, I, I love Vernon. Uh, not Vernon Wells. Ver, John Vernon. John Vernon. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Uh, uh, Dean Wormer. Um What's that? That great scene at the end. You know. Don't. Pissed on my back and tell me it's raining. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what shall I tell him if I see him? Tell him he's got the first move. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, that, that film's beautiful. And it's crazy too, because it's one of those, um, you know, such a, I remember tracking down the book, which is written by this weird character who is like, I think he was a former grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan or something like that. And, you know, and it's a book about a guy who fought for the South, but um, somehow Clint uh, manages to make all of that sort of okay. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, you know, he's a farmer. He's not, he's not, he's not one of the bad guys. And it's, um, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, that's, that's kind of, that's at least the iconic American Clint Eastwood Western. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Missouri boat ride. Yes. Yes. I, I, again, so many of these movies have got ch- really choice dialogue. Oh yeah. What's the, the, guy the, the, gruff, the guy with the guy um, with the with voices with the uh, the stuff, uh, the elixir that does all kinds of things. Oh yeah, yeah. Clint spits on him. Spits doesn't on the get dog. on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's so just, that that movie, especially, I think, is like it's it's littered with really interesting supporting characters. Yeah. Um, was it Chief Chief Dan Chief Dan George? Yeah. Yeah. And the, and like you say that the guy with the medicine and all the the kind of. The old, extended the old weird family that he gathers around him. Sandra Locke, of course. As the, the simple girl. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think of other people. They, well, he had that whole troop of actors uh, who keep... Is it, it's, not, is it Tim, it's not Tim Bottoms. Who's is the, the young guy who's with him who dies? Is it, oh no, is it Joseph Bottoms? Joseph, it's Joseph Bottoms. Bottoms. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, and Vernon and yeah, just great, great supporting characters. Yeah, just great those faces... Dying. What's Lots the of interesting of a Oh yeah, <laughs> so good. Um, okay, now next one. Um, Man who shot Liberty Valance. Oh yeah. Next, John Wayne, John Ford, James Stewart. That um, is we're just talking about mythic American films. About yeah, deconstructing like or celebrating. Yep. You know, when uh, when the legend becomes fact, print the legend. Print the legend. Um, John Wayne's so good in that film. So, I mean, he's he's a, he's a, this, this is such we should we should not release this episode. Well, what's, or so you're talking well, what's, about all these what's, what's, what's great of that movie is that almost everybody in the picture is too old for the parts they're playing, mm. and yet it doesn't. It, yet it works. That's right. Yeah. James Stewart is a young kid fresh off the yeah, coach. fresh out of law school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Age you just 49. you just buy it. You just I mean I mean everybody's geriatric in the cast, but but except Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin's still pretty young. Isn't he? He's getting up there. Is he really? Yeah. There, yeah okay. You know, I mean, you, when you got Strother Martin and Lee, and Lee Van Cleef as your, uh, you know. Plus the aliens. I love that. <laughs> love that. I can't imagine who this could be. Uh, People were just on Twitter complaining me. about Joe's phone. Someone seems to be calling me in the middle of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'll have to call you back when it's over. Okay. Bye. We keep all of these in. Just cut that out. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Right in the middle so of, generates... of Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And you answered that. your phone. If this well, were a movie theater, I'd have been the man who shot Joe Dante. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they are all. T- yeah, yeah. But it's an it's an it's been called an old man's movie, really? which it is, and it's okay. I think Ford's last yeah. great movie. Um, uh, and I think it's it is one of his great movies, and it's yeah. it's almost all. I mean, it's a lot of backlot stuff on it. I mean, it's not. You know, like they went out. They, there is some outdoor stuff, but yeah. for the most part, it's Paramount. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's got the entire Ford stock company. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got everybody's in there. Everybody's in it, and it's, again, a rich collection of supporting characters. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, 
it's full of memorable scenes and it's elegiac and ultimately very sad uh, because I think Ford was in a point of his life where he was a lot more behind him than there was ahead of him. And it's, it, it shows in the movie. And it's one of those, isn't it based on, I feel like everything that came out this time was based on a Saturday evening post story or something. Is that, uh, I don't know that. I, I don't know the history behind it. Um, but uh, it's, like a, it's Sylvia, Ma- Sylvia Miles. This, no, no. Who's the woman in it? Vera Miles. Vera, Vera Miles. Yeah. It was, yeah. only was a Miles. Vera Miles. There's um, a difference between Sylvia and Miles. There is a difference, <laughs> yes. Sorry. Uh, Vera Miles. But again, it, I guess she was too old as well for the character. Well, I mean, it's, you know... It, it, but she has to play the younger version and the older version. Right, so maybe it right. evens out in the end. I mean, everybody gets older. That's the the problem with a movie that's going to take place over a series of years is that are you, yeah. do, do you decide to make young people look old or do you decide to make old people look young? And considering so much of the picture takes place and the drama takes place in the current world as yeah. opposed to the past which is where most of the story takes place uh, i think they must have just said look let's just get get people and try to make them look young mm. um dorothy based on a story by dorothy m johnson i'm not familiar with her but all of her credits are uh, books that were um the hanging tree oh uh, the man who shot liberty valance a man called horse were all wow. based on oh, stuff so. i think uh, uh, stewart does some of his best um wincing and pain work in that movie yeah. like because he does pain very well yes and he, gets, and he gets beaten up quite a few you've got times, an so. over-the-top Edmund O'Brien drunk character, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Andy Devine who's yeah. actually really good on it yeah no he's fantastic um, and some of the I, I, the, the stakes in the restaurant yeah the, oh, the biggest stakes you've ever saw yeah. yes yeah that, that movie makes me hungry yeah I'll get it Liberty yeah. Yeah. that's, that's for breakfast isn't it there's the steaks yeah. for everybody breakfast everybody has steaks, steaks for, for lunch well, steaks for dinner it works, you know? absolutely and Woody Strode is always so I mean I know he kept getting stuck in those kind of parts of like you know the faithful black friend but but god damn it he, he was such a presence yeah he's great in the professionals as well yeah absolutely and yeah. Sergeant yeah. Rutledge he's like the lead uh, yeah you know? but what's his, his character's called like Pompey 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 yeah Once Upon a Time in the West yeah beautifully used there oh yeah 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 I, I, I love that you know what Ford does with these kind of films is create the what did so well was create that texture of the world with the characters. Um, I love the, the the sequence of the uh, the voting when they go to the saloon yeah. to have the vote and you know just the chaos the, that kind of organized chaos that he yeah. creates that felt feels really lived in and authentic. Um, well, Lee Marvin's outfit always strike it's it's always it's a little silly. I mean, he pulls it off because he's Lee Marvin, but there's a kind of... It's probably one of those... It's probably an outfit that would look a lot worse in color. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's purple. <laughs> it's like, I mean, thankfully, it just, it's You know white. it was purple. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, such a good... Yeah, one. fabulous. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Um The Magnificent Seven. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as as <laughs> big bombastic epic westerns go, it's kind of one of the biggest and most bombastic. I mean, probably my favorite like, Denzel movie. Oh, I, oh, come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know there's a... 
there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that theme. God, that theme. Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest movie themes of all time. Um, oh, well, there's just love, I, cigarettes. The way Sturgis direct, you know, knew how to direct big, big skies yeah. and big scope, and you know, he took everything like from his other movies and uh, you know. Uh, Bad Day Black Rock and stuff like that with the, the epic skies and yeah. put them into this western. And you get setting. Eli Wallach uh, doing a, a rehearsal for his Tuco role. That's right. Yeah. That That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, there was some odd casting for sure. Horse, but it all works. Horse, <laughs> horse, <laughs> horse, <laughs> it, it, it works yeah. fine. It works. It works yeah. fine. Um, well, I, mean, I don't the have a problem with that, but I love Renner and Steve McQueen. Well, I love the choice. chemistry and the tension between them. I love the yeah. they when once you read about the what was going on on set. And they're constantly trying to upstage each other. It's fascinating watching it happen. It's so and it's just trying to do different things. And McQueen constantly like doing rattling his shotgun shells and stuff like that. There's so many. <laughs> so many Steve McQueen just sounds like the biggest diva when you you know on with him and Paul Newman. I mean, he's always getting into these pissing matches with these. You think he's hey, to be, I mean, he was a little insecure. Yeah, he's supposed to be cool, man. I was yeah. frustrating to hear that stuff, but it's, but, just, uh, the, it's just the image. Well, you can—I mean, you can attest. You're you're from you're from when I—I uh, I remember watching that movie when when I lived in England, and um, there's there's the wonderful scene where uh, Yul Brynner lays out the mission. You know, I'm going up against whatever it is, three thousand screaming bandits, and um, Stephen Queen goes, "How many men do you have?" And Yul Brynner, right to do this on on radio somehow, holds up his hand. He holds up one finger, yeah, and McQueen holds up his hand, and he. Shows him two fingers, like now you've got two, which in England, Would throwing be, two fingers at someone yeah. is actually the more appropriate response to someone <laughs> telling you I've only got one person. It's, it means fuck off. And are everybody cracking up laughing? But uh, um, yeah, that they're, they're so good at it together. And Robert Vaughn is such a, a badass in that film. And I, I love that Robert Vaughn just like took the exact same character, pretty much the exact same costume as yes. well, and put it in Battle Beyond the Stars. Battle Beyond the like, Stars. Without, without altering anything. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I'll yep. just carry on exactly the same. That's kind of, yeah, it's kind of magical. Um, how many, God, yes, how many. Obviously, Seven Samurai being the first, how many how many iterations of that have there been? I well, think. if you count the sequels, well, then the, the sequels, Magnificent Seven, yeah. you know, there's the Seven the Magnificent Seven Ride, and Seven Ride, yeah, and then the, and there, like, there are two sequels, and then there's like the Sons remake. of the Magnificent yeah. Seven, uh, uh, Guns of the Magnificent, I think Guns, Guns of, the of the Magnificent Seven. Well, one of them had. I remember coming home, my dad had taken me to see it. There's a scene where uh, somebody on a horse gets blown up and thrown. The horse is thrown in the air, and I'm describing it to my mother when I came home, and she called my dad and said, "You have to stop taking me to these violent movies." <laughs> But but I was just looking this up. I'm going to get all the details wrong. But here's the weird thing is in one of them, Lee Van Cleef takes over mm-hmm. for Yul Brynner. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Yul Brynner did that same year? He took over for, for Lee Van, Van Cleef, Cleef in the Sabata movies. Right. Like what's going, is there a story there? No, or is that just, it's just a strange coincidence. <laughs> is that a bet? That's the most bizarre <laughs> That's just strange That's to me. Surreal. I get that I'm too big to do this movie, but <laughs> very odd. It, it, I mean, the whole thing, casting-wise, is odd, but it works. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Brenner works. Um, McQueen works, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, Sturgis is really underrated, I think. I think so. Yeah. Well, he's great. Well, he's, he's, you don't think he's rated? I mean, I, I think he's brilliant, but you don't think he gets enough... No, I think Preston Sturgis does, but I don't think John Sturgis <laughs> does. <clears throat> Bad Day of Black Rock, everybody loves it. What, what a great movie that is. Yeah, doesn't Great everyone Escape. love that movie? Great what? Escape, yeah. Great Escape, yeah. I mean, I, I, and I love his last film, uh, The Eagle Has Landed. 
Uh, yeah, terrific film. Yeah. I mean, no, he was, he was. who's 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 downgrading him? It's not, it's not a matter of being downgraded. It's a matter of just not being mentioned. He's just not. Yeah. He's not in that pantheon. No, of, yeah. no. Yeah. even though the movies are. But right. you know, somehow he didn't get the directing chop. Right. But there is, uh, but there is a you know a conformity to it. Like it's, uh, his style is there. You yeah, see it very much so. By Dave Blackrock and oh, even in the, even in the Satan Bug and those kind of pictures. I mean, he was just he was really. A, a very good director. Yeah. And um, great at um, blocking a group of people in a single frame. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Which no, is it's not that easy. Uh, yeah. We got seven of them. Yeah. Three yeah. is hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm a big fan of that one. And the music just rattles around in your head. Beautiful forever. use of the music, too. It's yeah. Just, it's, uh, a, it's, a, it's a big score. It's a rich score. And it's, I think it's pretty much wall to wall in the movie. Yeah. Um, the, the drive up to. Boot Hill or whatever it is, they, when they go up the street to the, the funeral place. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love that sequence with the music playing. Brilliant. I mean, you um, can see why they try to remake it again today. And yeah. yeah, what do we think about that? I loved Vincent D'Onofrio in it. I thought he was a hoot. Um, I just wish they would do more original things. Just, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, that's I crazy. I didn't, crazy need about... another, I didn't need another Magnificent Seven. I didn't need another Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. I, didn't, I just don't... I think rather than remake them, reissue yeah. the originals. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. especially when they're good. Spend spend we, we the money on uh, polishing them up. You know, do do a, a beautiful we, remake, um, clean up of them, and then reissue the originals. We, well, we, do, always we do that too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I understand. But the, the weird thing with something like Magnificent Seven is is it's been remade in more interesting ways so many times. Why not just do that instead of just remake the actual? Thing? So a remake battle beyond the stars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, except yeah, in the old west. That's a better. But, that, but that's, maybe that's what that's they were a, doing. But that's at least an interesting way of doing it. Right. That's know? what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, why not? Like just, when you do when you do here comes Mr. Jordan and it becomes Heaven Can Wait. Right. It's the same movie, but it's not the same movie. You know. Right. And it's really it's like okay, that's a good remake. Yeah. You know? that's what I'm maybe saying, especially with title. something that has been that concept has been taken and put into so many different avenues. Why not just do that again instead of remaking yeah. one of the iterations? Just seems, uh, I don't know. I, I'm still baffled by the idea of remaking the Barbara Streisand A Star Is Born. That's that seems strange to me. <laughs> <clears throat> That's what they did. Although that although that does go to my like remake a bad movie thing. So, but uh, okay, Move, <laughs> moving on. Uh, yeah, my next one is actually another Richard Brooks is uh, Bite the Bullet. I oh. just saw that for the first time a few months ago. That's a that's a fun movie. It's a, it's very different. Yes. I mean, it's, it's for a western. It's you know it's about a horse race. It's about a race, right? But it features lots of western staples in it. Yeah. But but again, like professionals, it has that wonderful uh, Richard Brooks dialogue. Yeah. Um, in there, um, and the characters, Gene Hackman, James Coburn, again and again, an amazing cast, like a weird cast, Candice Bergen, um, uh, who else? Like Ian Bannon. Yeah, there, that's right. The, yep, the, yep. The, the English guy and um, oh, what's it called? John Michael Vincent. Yep. Isn't wait? Am I? God, I saw like it's the craziest thing. I saw Convoy around the scene like the next day. So I may be getting. Isn't there a scene where they're all taking showers together, or is that Convoy? There is. There's a shower. There's scene. a shower scene in Convoy for sure. Yeah. Um, there, there may well be some sh- uh, well, showers. They all stop for the night and they're all. It's just kind of outdoor showers. Yeah, it brings, it brings a bell. Yeah, yeah. Under the water tower, maybe, possibly. I, I remember the stuff out in the in the in the, the almost white desert. Yeah, 
which also works is where convoy opens. Uh, <laughs> convoy of the horses racing each other, and he did the split frame technique where like yeah. one side of the, the image is in slow mo and one side was in regular speed and, mm -hmm. and getting the exposures right, and you can't really see the joins and seeing the horses race each other. And one is it's like I, I really love that kind of stuff because it was yeah. very unusual in camera kind of effects. Oh, is that how they would have done it? I guess I don't. I don't really know how else they could have done it. I mean, yeah, okay. Jeez. But it's getting the exposures the same, right? Right. How the, you the, the trick, but, um, but yeah, just it's just a, a, a neat twist on the kind of Western things. Uh, Hackman does a fantastic speech about um, what's it? When he him and and the Rough Riders climbing up San Juan Hill, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just Hackman at his best. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it's just it builds up to a great ending. So it's very, 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 very satisfying western. I, I think I feel like a great kind of, kind of sister brother film, whatever you want to call it, to the professionals. Came out. Am I wrong? Was it a? I don't. It wasn't as big as the professionals. That's yeah. yeah, and I don't think it's held in in as high regard as the professionals at all. No, but definitely not. Definitely but I, I just feel like when it came out, because I didn't see it when it came out. I saw it for the first time recently, and I, I sort of remember it was like a film that sort of had a taint, and you were like, ah, it's gonna be bad, and then being really surprised by how entertaining it was. Yeah. Um, it's a wonky idea. It's like it's it's wacky races in the old west. Great time. Kind of. <laughs> and yes. they make it literal as well. Well yeah. semi literal yeah. as well, where they use the cartridge casing for the for the guys yeah, too. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's got some great stuff in it. It's got some weak stuff in it too, but um compared to the professionals, but I do I do love it. So I'm a big Richard Brooks fan. Clearly. Yeah. Um, not a bad thing to be. Yeah. Last but not least, um, the big country. Yeah. Again, I, like I think it's a talk about seeing something on a big screen. Yeah, I mean that's it's like Technorama or it's like Lawrence of Arabia in the West. Yeah, I, I, yeah. again, it's it's huge and it's and I think it does get overlooked by other films sometimes, other westerns. Um, but I love the I love the, the score. I love the, the visuals, the, the cinematography is stunning. The um, fight scene. The fight scene. The fight scene yep. that's entirely from far away. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's brilliant. Yeah. It just, it just got a really, really clever stuff in it. Because um, I know I showed it to Nancy, my wife, just a couple months ago. And just, it's one of those movies. Again, somehow, every time I see Lawrence of Arabia, I know how good it's going to be. Yeah. And every time I see The Big Country, I have forgotten how good it's going to be somehow. It gets... I don't know. Maybe it's Charlton Heston's in it, and I always yeah, big, downgrade him. But he's big great. themes, big yeah. boldly told. Yeah, I, it's the one I haven't seen on the big screen, and I would I would love to see it on the big oh, screen. It's, yeah, it's it's great on the big screen. For sure. Yeah. I think I showed it the Egyptian about a decade or so ago, and it was just revelatory. Yeah, that needs the full treatment yeah. release. I think, and they're all so damn good in it. Heston's good. Heston's really good in yeah. it. Yeah, Burl Ives. Um, yeah, oh Burl Ives. Yeah, fantastic. Cool. He's good. Yeah, that always freaked me because as a kid, I knew him as the guy who you know my mom had. Rocky went to court. Yeah, and Burl Ives records. You know, it was yeah. like he was like, and then seeing it's like seeing Mister Rogers playing Charles Manson. Yeah, you know, that but then he was Big Daddy. Yep, Mendacity. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, Heston's great as you know the stubborn ranch has. And Gene, yes. Gene Simmons is gorgeous. Simmons. Carol yeah. Baker yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. beautiful and, location. And work. you you feel the conflict and between the, the two of them, and you know who he's got to end up with. And it's one of Chuck Connors' best parts. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I just love the notion of this um, this sailor going to the West. You know, and everyone's saying, you know, it's a big country, and yeah. you don't want to get lost out there. And he's like, yeah, I've been in the Pacific. I've been in the sea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I dealt with sharks. Yeah, so, exactly. 
Um, no, it's it's a good contrast. What what I mean, this is a, 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 a dirty trick to play at the end. But like, what what is the appeal to you? Because I'm sure it's to a lot of us. I don't know. Like, what, what like what what do westerns? How, why do they call your name? Do you think? Um, I think it's partly because of the, they're so cinematic. Because they are, you know, it's, and to see them on the big screen, even on the small screen, but on the big screen to see that big those big skies. Yeah. Um. And the dust and the sun and the heat and stuff like that, and the desert. It's not all the desert, but that's kind of how I associate it. But they're usually kind of a gold. There's a golden hue to yeah. to westerns on the whole. Um, and you know, growing up in the northeast of England, where it's kind of green, not that wet, grey. Certainly, those colours of the western are not part of you know the flora and fauna that I grew up surrounded by in my life. Um, so it was a, it was a a, a distant enchanting land and also you know the romance of the past um however disgusting and grungy it might have really been yeah reality, um yeah. you know the movies portray it in a very romantic light even the ones that don't in, yeah. that, in that respect yeah like to to a complete outsider um it's like okay i see this adventurous world with full of adventurous characters and, and just the appeal is and and big characters as well. I mean, I think you know, to 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 me as a young guy, like John Wayne reminded me of my dad. Like my dad's a big guy, like John Wayne. So um, you kind of see these sort of not necessarily father figures, but certainly yeah. aspirational kind of hero figures. Not just Wayne, but be it Butch Cassidy or or whoever. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Because <laughs> I was at characters. the age where you know, because uh, my dad Lancaster was more kind of like in the like. Clint Eastwood mode, which is sort of my. Yeah, or oh, Eastwood. I mean, they're all, but, um, they're all larger but, than life. I think it's that larger than life quality that. Is. But Butch and Sundance for me is sort of the first western I think of where like either of those guys could be my dad. Maybe that's my issue. I don't know. <laughs> well, and also, the, you know, westerns are me. westerns are very elemental. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. really a it's it's a it's a a lot of basic needs are uh, portrayed in westerns. You know, yeah. they need to succeed, they need to survive, they need to conquer the elements, uh, and. Uh, I, you know, we, we didn't even mention the um, the Bud Boddicker westerns, that, which are just a, a little slice of you know four or five, six movies of uh, with Randolph Scott that are yeah. really well written and have great villains. Gorgeous, yep. Great villains who are no less villainous for being interesting and offbeat, and occasionally even sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, I, I the other day I was flipping around and uh, I, I always stop if it's gunfight at the OK Corral which I saw when it was new. And so I have a, a fondness for it. But, another Sturgis movie. Yeah, another Sturgis movie. And really well directed with a yep. great cast. And um, and, this, and this great Frankie Lane song, you know, right. Gunfight at the OK Corral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, right. with, with these little choruses, you know. Uh, and how it's hill, used. Hill, hill, yeah. mighty still, yeah. mighty still. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just um, it's a, a favorite of mine. And I mean, I said it was difficult to, you know, oh, of course, to, to yeah, narrow no, it down. Yes, I did, yes. Um, like I didn't put any of uh, sort of Anthony Mann's westerns. Right. Oh, those are great. Which yeah, are, yeah. again have like as a group, they kind of have a, a familiar kind of look or vibe to them. Um, some of James Stewart's greatest stuff in there as well. And, yeah, you know, they have a vibe to them, which is great. Yeah. Um, and things like Jeremiah Johnson, which is kind of mm. almost a, it's a western, but it isn't a western. It's yep. like whatever what that conforms to. But again. It's, Sidney Pollock you know, did some great So why do you suppose they don't make them anymore? Um, 
I don't know. I think it's just a colossal mistake. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I guess not everybody feels the same way about them as we do. But um, you know, thankfully, there's the odd one or two get made. Um, you know, I keep on hearing that somebody's making a western or something like that. Maybe I'd, for better or for worse, you know, Tarantino's kept the flame alive um, a bit, and mm-hmm. that's good. But yeah, I, I I don't know why they don't get made. I I I, I trace it back to the rise of movies. the uh, motorcycle movie because the motorcycle movies were essentially westerns without horses, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and uh, the idea was the mode of transportation was modern, and uh, there there became in the in the studio offices of the land a sort of feeling that anything with mud and horses and dirt in it hmm. was uh, going to be rejected by the audience because it was an instant irrelevance them right it's not a world that they know we we knew this world from the fact that these movies were being made when we grew up yeah uh and and our parents weren't that actually that far from the real i mean there were people still alive who you know been in the civil war yeah uh and but now that's all so remote and everything is so modern and you know souped up that um, it seems quaint, I think, to most young people. But I suppose, I mean, they're never going to get made on the scale that they used to get made. Um, but they are the getting time, made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things like The Homesman and Meek's Cut Off and The Magnificent Seven Remake. Proposition. Um, Proposition, The Salvation, like weird ones are getting made, like The Salvation yeah. was made in South Africa. Yeah. Um, I think it's like an all-European cast, but it's, it's a Western. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are... You know, and this this series, you know, lots of Western series, um, what's it, Godless? I guess, yeah. on Netflix and things oh, like that. Uh, so there's, yeah, which was yeah. good. there's things out there. So it is yeah, turning TV. over, uh, thankfully. Um, um, Westworld, I mean, I guess. Westworld, <laughs> yep, there's <laughs> that. You sneak all Western in. Yeah, disguise uh, it somehow. Yeah, else. disguise it somehow. Um, but My, th- thankfully, that you know, the, the flame is kind of being kept alive. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it is funny, you know, when they made them forever. I hope so, because I, I want to make one sometime. I was just, yes, you and me both, brother. The uh, um, uh, I remember the first time my father came out to visit me in L.A., uh, I took him up to the Batcave up Bronson Canyon, and he's he'd been out here a couple times. He'd never been there. And he goes, have, have we have I been here before? And I was like, no. And I realized, <laughs> yeah, you have. You grew up. I was like, you must have seen Jimmy Stewart shooting Indians off of horses 10,000 times over those hills. I mean, it was just. Well, it was the end of the searchers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, but. You know, every Western, every every Western, Western every movie. science fiction movie. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and so also, every, so every generation knows that cave for something. Yeah, for you it's yes. a black cave. For others, it's the searchers. Um, but is, here's why I was just uh, a complete tangent. The Batmobile doesn't come out of there. Um, you mean like at the end of North by Northwest? No, no, no! The bat, no, it's uh, the 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 cave that the Batmobile comes out of on Batman sixty six. Yeah. Every time I go up there, and I'm finally like, I finally gotten comfortable with saying this in public. That's not the Batcave. That's not where the Batmobile comes out of. It's probably true. It looks. But everyone says it, it, it always is. looked like a set because it's it's no no it's a real place and there's a road okay. and everything else and everyone think it's supposedly called the Batcave because that's where the Batmobile drives out. I'm like, it does not come out of there. Well, there was Batman serials too, you know, that were shot there. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Someone will, someone will correct us. Uh, there's a the list Twitter. somewhere of, uh, I think it might be in the internet, of uh, every picture shot. In Ever shot Bronson at, at the Bronson Bank. Including the pornos. They didn't do too many pornos. Out I, there. I, I went up there, I've been up there actually twice in 20 years and found crews there that were obviously involved in adult filmmaking. Because um, you can, you know. Um, 
Uh, and also, we were mentioning Bud Benneker. I'm, I'm currently, I'm, I'm down to, I've just Comanche Station left to go. There's a beautiful box set from Indicator of, of uh, uh, the renowned uh, Westerns from Indicator in England. And they're, they're so good. They're so Great. good. I can see why as a kid I didn't like them. But they're, have you seen? Uh, it's I have an amazing not, set. No. And it's, it's such a joy. Comanche Station, through. Seven Men from Now. Seven Men from Now is not in it. Oh, it's that's not, the Warner That was a John funny. Wayne, yeah, uh, yeah. Bat Jack production, but. Um, right. Yeah, they're no, fantastic. Tall T. Tall T. Um, Hangman's. Yeah. What is the Hangman's? So there's one with a burning tree, which yeah. is amazing. Um, but anyway. Anyway. We thinking. digress. Okay. We're we'll rambling now. Um, Neil, <laughs> thank you for coming in, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Lovely to talk about Westerns for a bit. Yes, I look forward to seeing yours. <laughs> one day. One day. One day. One day. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Our show was recorded in beautiful downtown Burbank. The official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made Me. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.